Welcome to the Chaos Plan, where the odds may not always be in your favor. Thank you for joining us for another episode of The Chaos Plan. If you'd like to know more about the show and have an idea of kind of what's going on and where we're at in the world, visit our website where we are currently working on an online campaign guide, which you can find at www.theadventuringguild.com. And if you would like to join the show or become a sponsor and help us make this podcast better, visit our Patreon account. Just search for The Adventuring Guild or our website to find a link. And by subscribing and helping us out, you can not only join our Discord to hear our episodes live, you can also become a member of the show, get some awesome merch, and represent the Guild. So thank you very much, and on with the show. Thank you once again for joining us for another episode of The Chaos Plan, where the odds may not always be in your... Ah! The demons are coming! The demons are coming! Uh, that's basically where we left off at last time. So uh, we will go ahead and get started with DM Braden uh, completely TPKing the party right before the charity stream, where we all play in the afterlife <laughs> as our dead selves. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> so where we'd left off with you, Bob, you are currently running back on Epona after encountering a odd group of creatures after witnessing the meteorite crash over the top of Port City and then off into the distance a little. You immediately rode there, encountered some very strange shape-changer-like entities that had apparently come from the meteorite, uh, fearing you were going to be overwhelmed by their group. (laughs) You immediately returned back. Yeah. Yeah. So where uh, where would everyone else be at this present point in time? I be- I believe Arpeggio would be accompanying Will Will and Cor or was it Cor? Cor yeah, and Klein to Hamiches and Sandwiches? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Blame Micah for the name. I did not create that one. <laughs> okay. As uh, you are making your way to the store. Uh, where is Hamish's Sandwiches, Bob? Um, I believe it's in the Noble District. Yes, it is, because it was ridiculous that a grung had set up shop there. So it's in the <laughs> Noble District, which is actually the South Gate, because you said it landed south of the city, correct? Uh, uh, yes. Oh, no, north, northwest, <laughs> I believe. North. Okay. I probably still could have gone in through that gate, um, I think. We, we can go ahead and just go with that. That's the gate that I re-entered. Okay, sure. Alright, so Arpeggio, as you are walking, you do see the man that you have adventured with a number of times before, Bob, sort of running in on his horse, looking a little concerned. Yeah, I've got my lantern held up high, and I'm not joking when I'm saying I'm Paul revering this. I have got my lantern ahead of me, flashing it to get people's attention, yelling, (laughs) Demons are coming! Demons are coming! Demons are coming! Master Robert... Demons? 
uh, these weird crystal shape changer doppelganger things. I could barely even scratch them. There's like five of them in the forest behind me. They're coming this way. Uh, Arpeggio looks at uh, her companions and just looks back. Uh, looks back to them. <laughs> you go on ahead. I'll take care of this. And then, uh, you have room. You have room on that horse. I look back to Bob and I say, uh, I said that. Oh, room for one more. Yeah. Oh yes, yes. I I'm trying to get enough people together because these things, like I said, I I was uh, I hit them like three or four times and I barely even scratched the thing as far as I could tell. Okay. All right. I get up uh, with him. Yeah, behind him. I'm I'm gonna. Arpeggio's gonna let Bob uh, take the reins. Okay. Climbing onto the back of the horse. Uh, do I know if the fighters guild is on the way? To where Bob is pointing at? Uh, you would have seen the flash of something over the city earlier in uh, while you were traveling, but fairly unaware of what exactly it was, you would have just continued on with what you were doing. We'll, we'll say that... Oh, would you have returned to the Fighters Guild since, like, midday? Has that happened yet? Uh, you'd, yeah, you would have heard probably throughout the streets that something had crashed into the forest to the north of the city and some people were being uh, sort of dispatched over in that direction. But that was like hours after the crash. Okay, after getting up uh, with Bob on the horse, I'm going to ask him, do you need more? Yeah, uh, I'm definitely going to need to uh, hit a, a temple or something and get some healing because I am not doing great. Uh, so I'll probably want to run to the temple's district as quick as I can and get healing. Um, if I'm going to be much good, I'm going to have to take a long rest, but I don't know if we have that much time. So probably just some healing at the temple would be good enough. All right. I'll accompany you there. All right. Yeah. Then I, you know, get the horse a moving. Oh, Danderbin, are you, uh, or Braden, are you going to have Danderbin play or no? Uh, I think Dandy was in, was shopping. At, oh, where would he be? He probably may even be like making his way over there. Okay, I'd yeah, say. I just wasn't sure if I should address Dandy here with Klein and Core or if you were somewhere else, because I'm going to, no, I yeah. figured with the Temple's Guild getting healing, I'll probably try to head to a Temple of Healing, of which I know Alsafat is a part of, but I don't know that meta terms, but I would go to a Temple of Healing. Okay. All right, yeah, then I would whip my horse into action and head towards uh, the Temple's Guild to some sort of healing temple. As much as I want to go to the Alefather's house, I need to have my sober head on my shoulders uh, to do combat with these. Oh, come on, dude. Uh, <laughs> After seeing my own face and distorted horse-legged features on these doppelganger things, I, I don't want to be any kind of drunk or bad things will happen. <laughs> Alright, so you quickly gallop your way over in the district and uh, immediately find a Temple of Light that has a fair specialization in healing. Uh, Alsafat, I believe you would be within that kind of area, would you not? Um, yeah, I would have been, I would have been probably working jobs wherever I could doing healing. Um, yeah, I'm a, you know, Alsafat's a worshiper of Bahamut, but, you know. Sure. Okay, well, we'll say that the temple you come across is uh, Bob and Arpeggio, and you see a you know, your dragonborn friend sitting out the front healing an old lady who has rolled her ankle on the street uh, during the meteorite sort of uh, 
crashing down, she got a bit of a startle and toppled over. Okay, yeah, I would gallop right up next to him, kind of drop off the horse and attempt to not stumble too bad, and say, Alsafat, I know you're probably busy with other things. uh, It's great to see you. I know I haven't seen you in a while. Um, I I need some quick healing, and then I need your help. You're strong, and you've got that that breath weapon, uh, that healing breath thing. Um, that that would be very very useful. Um, there's some demon things coming. Uh, just just a second. I'm Talk to Arpeggios. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna put my hand on his shoulder and I'm gonna cast Cure Wounds at second level. Um, so that's gonna be. Uh, oh, I would 100% knowing that we have a battle upcoming and not wanting to waste your strength. I will lift your arm off and say, no, don't waste it now. We'll need it later. And I will run past you into the temple. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll okay. have someone else do it. You okay. calm him down, Alzvat. <laughs> I am over caffeinated. <laughs> don't stop me. I don't, the old I don't lady that's sitting in front of Yalsafat says, uh, Wait, there's, um, is there demons coming? Remarkably sounds exactly like Tenevin. <laughs> <laughs> Cornelius Smackaroo in disguise again. <laughs> yes, precisely. No, I, th- I, think, I, think we'll, I think we'll be alright. I, th- I think it'll be. I think we'll be okay. We'll, 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 we'll go take care of it. Don't worry. Did they come from that meteorite? Uh, you know, Bob? Bob? Bob's in the temple currently throwing (laughs) five gold pieces at a cleric and saying, Heal me! (laughs) We'll say with Elsafat's connection, you managed to get a uh, cure wounds delivered to you relatively quick. Oh, thank goodness. I wasn't down much. Well, I was down 13 of my 26, but still, it won't take much more than that than a first little cure wounds to get me healed. So, awesome. Perfect. You I, uh, Arpeggio Bob's already rushed oh. into the temple. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, uh, Arpeggio walks uh, trots with the horse door closer to the old lady, and she just reassures her. Don't worry, ma'am. We got, we've got it covered. I've seen a lot of scary things in my time, but I've never seen something crash through the sky like that. Ah, uh, he's pretty strong. We'll be fine. Ar- Arpeggio gives a smirk, just from her background kind of thing like something crashing from the sky (laughs) (laughs) okay yeah um, I would dash out of the temple then still hyper caffeinated um, in that state or whatever and uh, would tell Alsafat and Arpeggio that um, I I don't want to run Epona clear into the ground so uh, we're going to go ahead and just take her back to the Tinker's Guild stock up on anything we may need real quick, maybe in the Merchant's Guild district or something, and head back out there, because I have no idea what we're going to do to stop these hard glass doppelganger things, whatever they are. Alright, yeah, sounds like a good plan. Um, I brewed you some tea in the meantime. I think you should... I think you should <laughs> take a sec. <laughs> just, just, just try and, try and, try and relax. Deep breath. Slow your heart. Let's figure out what we're gonna do. Uh, is gonna try to look, uh, if see if she can find any fighters guild members and let them know what's going on and what this particular group is planning to do. Just, uh, just in case. Yeah, uh, hearing you say something like that, I would be like, oh, that's a great idea. Meet me in the merchant guild district in like five minutes. I'm gonna run to the tinker's guild, drop off my horse, and run to the merchant guild. Uh, Alsafat, you might want to warn your temple people that there might be some wounded coming in. Uh, and, and Arpeggio, yeah, go ahead and warn the Fighters Guild. we got to alert as many people as we can, because they're right outside the city gates. Alright, Arpeggio just heads off, 
heads to the Fighters Guild and does that. I'm gonna go. Yeah, I'll I'll go talk to the Temple Guild and then I'll go and uh, meet Bob. Okay. Not yeah. I smack Epona's rump and head off towards the Tinker's Guild. Drop her off at the stables and uh, dash towards the Merchant's Guild. All right. Uh, Arpeggio, as you get into the area the Fighters Guild is around, you see there's a few people sort of arming themselves up with sort of like hastily putting on pieces of armor, uh, readying themselves on horses, and like begin galloping off in that direction. All right, good good to know. One of them's kind of lagging behind, sort of fumbling with a strap on their shoulder. I help him up on his horse. Oh, thank you very much. I before he finishes the sentence, I slap the rump of the horse and have, have him go. <laughs> His foot gets caught in the stirrup and he gets dragged <laughs> along the side. No. <laughs> he, <laughs> the horse with a a whinny uh, gives a quick gallop and sends him off on his way after you pat the rump. <laughs> uh, some of the people are, like rushing around. You see, the of all the guilds, the Fighters Guild appears to be the one that's trying to take the most action at this present point in time. I will head to my room and retrieve my light crossbow. And then okay. I will head to the Merchant's Guild? Yep. Is that? Yeah, yeah. I'll head to the Merchant's Guild after. I okay. would have shouted at the stable hand or whatever when I dropped Epona off. I would have shouted to warn the guild to get their gadgets moving. There's some, you know, alien-type gem meteorite creatures coming this way uh, as I ran out. I wouldn't have waited to see if anybody was coming. I just would have shouted that at the stable boy. You see out the front that small gnome that invented the baldinator just sort of puts his finger up to his chin and is like, hmm, I'll get my inventions. He rushes inside. I make sure that, uh, I, I make a mental note to make sure that we are behind whatever Baldinator machine he has up front <laughs> and not in front of it when the action starts happening. <laughs> Alright. So Dave Dave goes and warns the temples and whatnot as well? No, sorry, Alsafat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Alright, yeah, so easy enough. Have, yeah, I just would have run in and uh, just let them know um, calmly. That there's going to be some trouble, and they should probably head out towards the gate with some some people, just in case there's any wounded. A few of them take direction and nod, beginning to pack up bags with different sort of components and things needed for casting some uh, more powerful healing spells, things of that nature. All right, and then I would have head over to the market district as well. Okay. Uh, can I get a quick recap on what everyone's fighting style is? Because it's been a while. Oh, yeah. Bob is 100%. Um, I do the most damage when I'm making you do more damage by doing that uh, Cry of Doom, that Doomsayer ability. Uh, and then everything else is all cantrips based upon my glaive attacks. So, Millie, uh, how, how are you in armor? Uh, no, but I have unarmored defense, so okay. I've got 13. I'll be basically standing right behind everybody, uh, pronouncing doom on the enemy and uh, dishing out support, because I do have a couple of support spells. But any of my cantrips and attack abilities are all cantrip-based. Okay, uh, how about Alsafa? Yeah, I can hit things, or I can heal you. That's about so, me- melee, <laughs> basically. Yeah. yeah. All right, all right. Okay, carry on. 
and Danderbin is doom when it comes to objects around him, <laughs> like tables, chairs, butt traps, uh, or booty traps, excuse me. Um, <laughs> oh, arpeggios rem- really remembers how Danderbin fights. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We'll say for the sake of this, as you enter the merchant's Bob, uh, you being one of the first ones to get there since you're in such a rush, you do see Danderman finishing up some shopping. He's got like a few bear traps in his hand and uh, bags of caltrops and ball bearings. Holy crap, I don't think Bob and Danderbin have met, have they? Uh, yeah, they have once when uh, Aura disappeared. Oh, that's right, that's right. Okay, um, I would run up to you and I would say, Danderbin, awesome, somebody else that I know, a friendly face. We have got some really crazy uh, gem meteorite doppelganger things. (laughs) Awesome. That's hoping, (laughs) I'm hoping you would say that. I have a question for you. How many potion bottles do you have? Oh, uh, good question. I currently have two. Two. We're going to need memory. We're going to need some more. Uh, I would hand you uh, four gold pieces to go buy some potion vials and meet me back here in just a couple minutes. I've got a plan. Okay. Do you want potion vials or do you want potion potions? Uh, no, just the empty glass bottles, and I'm going to look for some oh. paint. All right. Uh, Dandevin says, oh, actually, I just bought some of those today, precisely, in fact. <laughs> awesome. I, okay. I, I actually did. Uh, in the oh, thing, when I left off, I bought. I went to the glass blower. Oh, that's right. You did. Hot damn. Um, uh, how many did I get? I don't remember. I think 10? Yeah, ten. He'd give as many as you need over to you. Okay, then I want to. Then I'll wait for everybody else to get here, and I will find a paint merchant and buy some paint after everybody gets here. All right. Uh, you all reconvene in the merchants uh, guild, right, in the merchants district, uh, seeing the very easy to spot Bob with his raven mask <laughs> on, standing out <laughs> among the crowd. Uh, some people are sort of walking around, kind of. Uh, it looks like everyone's starting to get a little on edge knowing that something may be occurring but uh, <laughs> business is still going on per usual in the late afternoon sort of beginning to verge almost into night since I'm running around in my raven's mask and it's very hot and stuff I'm breathing heavy so all everybody around me hears is I need your assistance <laughs> Sorry. Very nice. <laughs> yeah. So then, yeah, I'd wait for everybody to get here, and then I'd explain my diabolical plan. Oh yeah, I guess they saw me very easily, didn't they? Uh, our Pedro, yeah, our makes our way there. Okay. Yeah. After spotting you two, I would um, say, "All right, guys, this is going to sound really, really weird, but these things can transform into us, but." Not always consistently, but I'm a little bit worried that they might try to make exact copies. So I'm going to get some paint, and we're going to pour... There's four of us, so we're each going to get one vial of paint. And if one of them transforms into us, we're going to throw the paint vial at them. That way we can mark the real one out. Um, Wouldn't it better just to throw the paint at us? Apply the paint on ourselves? I smack my we get cool matching tattoos or something? <laughs> no, but then they could copy the paint. Oh, yeah, that's right. So you have to throw it on them after after they copy you. 
no, yeah, I get you. But after they copied us, we marked ourselves instead of them because I'm oh, not yeah, really good then, at throwing things. Yeah, that's true. But if we can encounter more than one of them, we've got pain on us now. Yeah, you make a good point. I'll say, if if we'll decide when it happens and we'll shout it out so we all know. They they sound similar to us, but not until, like, well after they've heard us talk a lot. At mm. least that's what I remember. Another option is if we're just fighting one of each of our copies, we could just square off against our own copies. I'm a little bit worried because they were coming from multiple directions, so I don't know where they may enter the forest from. And some of them that hadn't seen me yet had assumed some of my features when they came out of the forest. That's concerning. Yeah, very much so. So there's monsters that are half crystal thing and half you. Kind of, and also half horse in a couple occasions. It's weird, don't ask. Like a centaur. No, even more horrific than that. Arms and legs of a horse, and then everything else Bob. Because <laughs> oh. I think you said that there was one of them that, like, the, the front legs or whatever, and the back legs became a horse, but that it was just Bob's head on this <laughs> crystal thing. Yeah, Bob's head and then the antlers. Of- That's right, yeah. I, I have had nightmares and will have nightmares, I guarantee it. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> All right. So, what's the plan? We're going to paint ourselves out tattoos, or...? We'll get friendship tattoos later, Dandy. I happen to know a person. For right now, let's just get the paint in the jars. We'll decide on the way. All right, sure. He, uh, he will give... Well, he gives you back your four gold, obviously, if you don't need it. But it'll only cost you about five copper to get some paints filled. Awesome. Yeah, I've got plenty of copper pieces right now. For some reason, I just kept dividing out silver, and so I've got, like... 40-some-odd copper right now. <laughs> Just to make yourself sound more wealthy than you are when you all the <laughs> clinking. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Help those stealth checks out. Um, <laughs> well, I guess it's in a bag of holding, so it doesn't really matter. But yeah, um, so then I'd get the paint, I'd pour a little bit into um, uh, each vial, four of them, and then hand one to each of you uh, so that we have them. And then I would point us in the direction where everything came from. All right. So you are going to be walking there? Yeah, I don't want to risk my horse getting hurt or trying to rent a horse or anything like that. And if I remember correctly, they were moving pretty fast. I don't think they were as fast as Epona, but I think they were about as fast as I was. Correct, yeah. Okay, so then I would probably be tempted for us to just... I would suggest probably that we stay close to the guild forces that are heading out that way so we don't get singled out. We could maybe assist them as opposed to, you know, spearheading the the charge. Sure. Because my only <coughs> so worry heading... is that if go ahead, sir. I was going to say my only worry is that if we get too far ahead, with Dave being our only healer, the second he drops, we're kind of SOL. And then my plan of TPKing us before the charity <laughs> stream can come to fruition. <laughs> no joke. We're all going to play these crystal shard characters that assumed our identities. <laughs> Don't tell anyone, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, then I guess uh, if everybody else is ready to go, we can go. Otherwise, is anything anybody wants to pick up? I'm good. Uh, how, much, how much does a regular healing potion cost? 50 GP. Ooh, I'm going to... Oh boy! No, never mind. Never mind. <laughs> okay. Just go. Do they sell good berries? 
we'll say that you can find a herbalist who also uh, doubles as a druid and with their magical casting and a payment of two silver you can acquire yourself a good berry two silver how many do they have available oh uh up to 10 they disappear after 24 hours though is the only downside yeah okay so unless anybody else wants some uh arpeggio would procure good berries yeah i'm gonna definitely have one to put in my pocket that way you know if we have to stabilize and I'm out of spell slots, I can throw one in somebody's mouth. Yeah, yeah. that's what I was thinking as well. Yeah, so then I'm definitely going to buy one. Okay. Uh, Dave has his healing stuff, so... Yep. I'll purchase the rest, I suppose. Uh, I think two two gold for ten, so... Okay, alright, I got it. Alright. Ten good berries for the next 24 hours. Awesome. Alright. So you head in the direction towards the main or on the main road and out towards the north of port city uh bob you remembering that it took you 45 minutes to get to the crash site on horse mm-hmm. i only assume it'll probably be doubled on uh, foot but you do see a number of carts uh with a couple of armed individuals in the back of them heading off that direction so if you wanted to try and procure yourself a lift of sort that would not be out of the picture. Ooh, yeah, that probably isn't a bad idea. So then I would try to find one that doesn't look like it has a lantern or any kind of light up front, and I would offer to ride in the front with the driver if uh, they can give our uh, give my companions here and I a lift uh, to where they're going. Sure, yeah. Uh, you see a, a Goliath man sort of taking the reins of this cart. Uh, there are a few other Fighters Guild members in the back, but the card is fairly spacious. Uh, they, He kind of gives you a nod, looking towards you, and says, uh, Yeah, the more the merrier. Come on in. Awesome. I guess it doesn't matter if there's a light or not, because it's the afternoon, isn't it? I keep thinking it's nighttime. It's starting to dwindle, so by the time you're probably arriving, it's going to be dark. Okay. Yeah, that I'll do that. Sit up front with the light. All right. Too easy. So as you make your way there, you see there's probably about maybe 35, 40 people that have begun sort of making their way in this direction. You can see along the path ahead of you a number of other carts, and then you you occasionally pass people that are walking or having like a light jog in that direction just to uh, get there and assist with whatever way they in whatever way they can. Um, as you near closer, the sun begins setting over the horizon. And you see that faint blue glow in the direction of the crash site that you had previously seen, Bob. Uh, is the cart going to get any closer? Does it look like the cart is stopping here? There is a perimeter point probably about 200 feet ahead of you. And there's some uh, Fighters Guild members beginning to station up. And they're beginning to almost make a encircling uh, sort of perimeter around the exterior of this crash site giving it probably like a a good like half a mile but just keeping at a distance and um trying to set up any something so nothing can escape the area if it hasn't already okay i would uh uh hop off the front of the wagon and go back with where everybody else is sitting and i would give them a real quick recap of everything that happened saying that uh i saw the meteor i rushed out here these formless 
crystal looking creatures uh, popped out. They were mimicking my voice when I talked to them and I kept asking them friend or foe. And uh, I'm a friend if, if you don't attack kind of a thing. So, if, you know, they start speaking that it's just a trick. They were mimicking me, not actually meaning it. Uh, I would tell them about the shape-shifting ability, uh, about the fact that I hit them like three or four times and barely scratched them, and that don't let them get too close to you, because I think... No, it was a howling ability, I believe. Um, crap, can I roll a history check to see if I remember uh, sure. what what ability... I remember it had some sort of ability that it recharged, but I don't remember what it was now. Uh, that was a 14... Uh, you remember the creature howling to communicate, and you remember right. it when it bit you. That's right. Uh, when it howls, it can possibly, like, cause you to run, run away, uh, so be prepared for that. Um, I think that may have been the session we did, yes, both the, uh, Oh, that is, that's with Cherno, wasn't it? Damn. Yep. Um, that's right, because that was the one, so never mind, ignore that part. Uh, but then I would just give the recap of that they can change every so often into a random person's something, and they gain the abilities of that. So if you try to stab it with your spear arpeggio, it could copy your spear and stab you back. So just be careful for that. I see. Then I would ask anybody if there's anything they want to do before setting out. Dandabin just kind of <laughs> says, uh, so those matching friendship tattoos are <laughs> <laughs> uh, if we survive this, I will get a matching friendship tattoo with you. He puts his hand out to shake. Oh yeah, 100% I shake on this. It's gonna be a face tattoo, I'll let you know. <laughs> I will get your face tattooed on my ass. <laughs> oh, perfect. <laughs> Goodness me. Alright. Are you gonna include the spider as well? <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> I mean, it's only fair. <laughs> yeah, go out there with a little ink pen or with a little paintbrush or something and paint on the side of her, her thorax or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Get Bob's face imprinted on it. So whenever he goes and does criminal stuff, it's always tied back to you. Oh, damn. <laughs> It'll identify now Cornelius Smackaroo as having ties <laughs> yeah. with a mysterious red robed raven mask man. <laughs> okay, right. yeah. As the right. cart approaches ahead, you see the perimeter point up ahead. Uh, the driver, the Goliath man, sort of pulls it off to the side and um, begins sort of <clears throat> putting down like a post into the ground to tie the horse off. You see some people are trying to kind of get through into the area. They're getting the um, well-armoured-looking fighters' guild members at the front of the road. Okay. Um... How do we see, or I mean, do we hear if they know how close any of them are, or can we actively see anything moving in the brush? Uh, you see a few. Roll, roll a perception check for me. Okay. Not my strong suit. Can I do it as well? Oh, dang. that was a nat twenty. I kid you not. Oh wow! Awesome. Uh, that's a fourteen. Okay. We'll say that Bob, you looking out, knowing exactly what for you can see a group of three fighters guild members probably 200 250 feet away just on the very sort of edge of your vision you can see them fighting against something that looks vaguely humanoid 
Okay, I would definitely smack the nearest other Fighters Guild members and say, there, that's what we're looking for. And then I would turn around and tell my party the same thing and say, all right, guys, how do you want to do this? I'm better a little bit behind to mark the target before we attack. Uh, Alsafat, I know you have that breath weapon and you're healing. Uh, Arpeggio, I know you've got your spear and you can take hits. Danderbin, you can do pretty much anything that you want to do. So how, how do we want to approach this? I'm okay. I'm okay being up front. If anyone else needs a little protection, I've got some uh, some stuff I can do. Yeah, I'll, jo- I'll join you, Alsafat, in the vanguard. Okay, then I would stand behind um, one of you, you know, so both of you are pretty close um, while we advance, because uh, I'm worried that there might be something that'll jump out or... You know, I don't know what its full capabilities are, if it might have a ranged attack as well, because when I ran, I ran in a hurry where they wouldn't have gotten an opportunity. Mm. All, All right. right, so as you continue forward along the road, sort of heading in that direction, ready broken out, uh, the two well-armored Fighters Guild members sort of put their hand out towards you and was like, you know what you're getting into if you go in there, don't I fought him once already, I'm prepared, and I think with our other member, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure that uh, well, our Fighters Guild member here isn't going to want to sit uh, sit on the sidelines while uh, her allies get damaged in this fight. I mean, just, just nod of, at them. They kind of give you a nod back. You said you fought them before. What if you've been in here once today already? Right when it crashed, I headed out here as quickly as I could. It was a stupid move to come by myself, but I'm back now to with some help to help end this. How far in did you get? Oh crap, do I remember or did I kind of cut cross country through the forest? You didn't see the meteorite itself. You got up to sort of looking at the crater from a distance and noticing a blue coming out of it. But that's as far as you got before you got ambushed by the creatures. That's right, yeah, I would relay that uh, back to him. Okay. <coughs> uh, he says, um, none of us have been able to get too close to that meteor yet. These things seem pretty defensive of it. Do, how, many, how many have you guys seen? I saw five of them right when I got up there, and then I got out of there in a hurry because I couldn't take down even one. Well, uh, from what I hear, parties have encountered up to eight. Okay, so there's more in the crater coming out or something. There may be something we have to take care of in the crater before they stop coming out. I don't know. Should we head to the source instead? All right, yeah, then I would just relay to everybody that, and talking to them too, kind of including the whole group so that we all have a say in this, um, I would say I have no idea what's actually in the crater, but I got to the crater. If we can get any kind of cover at all, I think we've got a group that we can probably spearhead through the line just enough to get to that meteor and possibly see what's in there and what's going on. Sounds like a good idea to me. It's sound strategy. We should do that. Okay. Do, are they, is are, uh, I guess, are the, is the Fighters Guild person there um, okay with kind of providing us with some cover so that we can take out, you know, maybe one or two to break through the line and they kind of watch our flanks to keep us from getting surrounded? Uh, he sort of points up ahead and says, um, after that battle up there... Uh, Hopefully they'll be done with that thing soon. Take some of them up with you. Okay, yeah, 100%. He kind of gives you a nod and says, Sorry, we're trying to hold the... Don't want anyone wading into anything on... Well, 
anything that they don't know what they're getting into. Yeah, I'll, uh, you know, nod my head and say, yeah, I don't want any additional casualties or any of these things to get past you guys and into the city because there's too many innocent people back there that can't do anything. He gives a, a firm nod, yeah. All right. Then uh, do we see, is it still just the uh, one uh, that's battling the three Fighters Guild members up ahead? Yes, indeed it is. Okay. Uh, do you guys want to... I don't want to say have a practice session, but do you guys want to tackle this one so you kind of know what's going on before we try and pick our own target and work our way further in? Assist these three that are here? Uh, I, w- I would just... Arpeggio would just say Sky Answer. That was the mercenary group that I was part of before I came here. So if you see me, ask me this question. What was my former group? What was the name of my former group? Because if, just in case that they don't know, they don't copy our memories, this could be a way of telling them apart. Well, that's, that's a, a very, really very good, good idea. idea. Yes, very smart. Yeah, then um, if if you're unsure of uh, who I am, just mention Minden. Or, or, or you know, I, I am the only one that knows uh, where I'm from, which is Minden. I don't, haven't told it really to anybody else. So that's how you can identify me. So they just copy appearance then? Or? Appearance and voice. They sound identical after a couple of practice words and stuff. They sound almost identical. Uh, I'm trying to remember my backstory. Hold on a second. Uh, <laughs> I literally just opened my backstory for this. I'm rushing for it. I'm like, ah, where the hell is what is my singer's name? Um, no, I, I had to oh. go through my backstory too to remember my fact. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Gentleman says, alright, this is a big secret. <laughs> if any of you need to know who I am, you can't tell anyone else this as well. This is a big secret, alright? Okay, okay, I nod. He kind of leans in really close. I'm Cornelius Schmackaroo. <gasps> no. I don't know what that means. <laughs> uh, Alright. Anyways, that's me. Who's Cor... Cor... Uh, the most deviant and powerful criminal in all the land. No. Ah. I can tell... I, I, I'm gonna definitely need an insight check to pick out that... Uh, uh, that belief in Alcifet's voice. <laughs> I think I should do that as well. <laughs> I mean, yeah, go ahead. What, 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 what do I roll? I, I, uh, deception or persuasion? If depends on if you okay. actually believe him or not. Okay, yeah, roll twelve. Uh, Sixteen. <laughs> Ten. Oh yeah, no, I got I I got here like what ten days ago. I have no idea who that is. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. <laughs> Anyways, how about you, Alsafat? How shall we know that you are you? Um, you'd, you'd ask where I'm from. Uh, it's a place called Derek's Retreat. Uh, I'm pretty sure no one knows where that is. That'd be good. I get it. I'm from a small right. town too. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Off in the distance, as you, as we finish our conversation, you see two other Fighters Guild members sort of emerge from the brush nearby, and one of them launches an arrow over towards the creature, or the 
amalgamation of a number of different uh, humanoid shapes and the arrow sort of just like strays off to the side but the two kind of draw swords and rush in towards it. They're still probably a good like 90, 100 feet away but they're moving over to assist as well. Alright, yeah, I would definitely run up there to help assist as well. Um, but I would say under my breath, uh, finally a chance to make man bear pig as I run up there. <laughs> yes, perfect. Alright, so I, how's your I approach? Fall off. I fall off the bob. Yep. Okay. I'll get everyone to roll initiative for me. Awesome. Battle continues. Ouch, that's a 10. 11. <laughs> I have plus zero to initiative. It sucks. Yeah, Twelve. <laughs> oh, very nice. <laughs> okay. Since we have, so well, since I would have known we were kind of rushing into battle, can I say I cast bless on everyone before we before we head in? Ooh. Absolutely. All right. So uh, as long as concentration up, um, you can roll an extra d4 on your attack rolls. Thank you. Nice. If I remember right, these things weren't terribly hard to hit, but I know I missed, I think, once or twice out of my three swings. We need new music. <laughs> yes. Let me change that up. Dugga dugga, dugga dugga, dugga dugga, dum, dugga da dum, dugga da dum, sorry. <laughs> Every time we go into combat, even like when we're just whatever normal in the game without any kind of music I hear that stupid music come through on my you know go through my head while we're doing combat <laughs> alright so as this group is battling this strange amalgamation at the edge of the forest you see those crystalline shard like teeth sort of morphing out of the face like around like the eye line and cheeks and then the lower part of the chin this crystalline mouth almost overtakes the rest of the face as it is, like, gnashing at this group that's currently battling at it. Uh, but the group goes ahead and makes attack rolls against it. Uh, one of which will hit. So we'll say a tiefling man strikes down at it with a scimitar, dealing six points of damage to it. And you watch a little bit of the... The tiefling man has been sort of amalgamated into this creature, and as he cuts down into it, uh, you watch some of the arm chip off, almost as if it was, like, a mineral, like crystal stone or something along those lines. That'll then bring us on to the creature who is going to attempt to bite the tiefling who just bit at, or just swung at him. And it rolls a natural one. So... <laughs> You watch as its bite uh, goes wide as the man manages to quickly uh, pivot out of the way and the creature lunges forward a few steps. So the creature is then going to make another bite attack at the same uh, tiefling with a 20 to hit, not natural, and deals 11 points of damage. You watch as the man's arm gets bitten and a hunk of flesh gets ripped from it as the bloody sort of crystalline mouth begins like gnashing to this section of forearm. He kind of retracts a little bit. Uh, that'll bring us on to Dandabin, who's just going to rush up alongside you guys and uh, hold his action to dash to stay in league with you. And that'll bring us to Arpeggio. Uh, how far are they from us? About 40, 40 feet. Yeah, I have my crossbow out. 
move my entire uh, move entire 30 feet and fire at the crystalline creature that it, that All I can right. see. Uh, that's a d4, right, for the bless? I guess. 20 total. That is a hit. Okay, uh, d8. Six points of piercing damage. Awesome. The bolt hunks through the air and uh, lands directly center mass, chipping off a large section of what almost appeared to be like a shirt or like some armor. But as it chips away, it reveals as it falls, the underside is just this bluish crystal. And it falls on the ground and just turns back completely to crystal. You watch its sort of eyeless head turn over in your direction, this gnashing mouth of uh, bluish gemstones looking in your direction now. Anything else for a bonus action? Uh, Bob, was I able to get a rest after the last fight I had? Uh... I'll say probably. Um, maybe but not, not a long, long rest. rest. Right? Yeah, not a long rest, but you'd be able to get a short rest. Yeah, no. Okay, no bonus action for now. Okay. That will then bring us on to Elsafat. All right. Um, I'm going to I'm going to run up my full movement speed, so I'll be about um, I'll be about 10 feet away from him. Um, yep. and then I'm going to go ahead and use my breath weapon, so I'm just going to shoot a line of flame. Um, just uh, trying to trying to make sure I'm like, you know, just as I'm running out, positioning myself, so I'm not gonna have to worry about hitting anybody else. Um, and then I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm I'm actually gonna turn to Bob. I'm gonna ask. Uh, by chance, do you know if they're from like a, a, another plane? Maybe just just curious. And then I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna do my breath attack. Um, okay. So that's gonna be a DC 12 deck save. Oh. So lucky it was a natural 20, but it was slightly uh, side cocked. Uh, only a 7. Okay, so 7. So that's a failure. Yep. So they're going to take 7 points of fire damage. Okay. The flames lick up the edge of this creature, and you watch it kind of putting up its arms to protect itself. The crystal, uh, or the skin on the outside, sort of burning away and revealing the crystal underneath and charring it. Uh, as it kind of retracts the crystal shapes back into that same uh, sort of mockery of the person's arm that it had previous. Anything else for a bonus action? No, that's going to be about it. Okay, Bob, your turn. Okay, uh, how close would I be to it if I dashed up 40 feet? Uh, You'd be dead to air right on it. Right on it? Okay, I'm going to run up then the 40 feet... Um, and actually, you know what? No, um, since there's already three other people there, I don't want to get that close and, and, um, get in their way or anything. So I will stop. I'm going to run up then just 20 feet. I'm going to point at the creature and, uh, slam my, uh, glaive into the ground, uh, the butt of it. And when it hits the ground, the, the sound of like a bell fills the air and I need a wisdom save from it as I cast Toll the Dead. Okay, that is only a 12. Ah, damn, that's exactly what it needed. Ah, damn. <laughs> All right, the then bells nothing shake around. Um, well, the bells sound around it, and you watch its form beginning to shake, but uh, no damage uh, takes place. Yeah, and I don't want to use my bonus action yet. They're all pretty much one-time use things. Okay, that'll bring us to the two off to the side. that have, uh, You watch one of them take another shot with their bow, and it 
once again whiffs off to the side of the creature, uh, the other rushing forward, uh, both of them elven in appearance. The other runs forward and is going to be within 15 feet now. We'll hold and uh, save their action in case the creature comes any farther forward. That'll bring us to the rest of the other group who makes three attack rolls, only one of which being successful. A half-orc gentleman slams down into it with a maul, dealing five points of bludgeoning damage. As the creature sort of retracts its head, looking over towards you, Alsafat, after that brief, brief gout of fire launched towards it, and you watch its face and head begin taking the form of your own. As a bonus action, it will assume your breath weapon, so your face is now imprinted on this strange creature. And you watch as it is going to breathe that fire directly back at you. So I'll have you make a dexterity saving. Yep, that's super fun. That's a five. A five. Uh Alright, you are going to take eight points of fire damage as the breath uh, the fire takes uh, into the air and ignites and the flames wash around you. I have I have resistance to that so I'm going to take half damage but yeah. No. Nice. Just four. Okay. And, and then that I forgot, will end its turn. Okay. And I forgot to tell Alsfat because he asked me if it was from another plane. Uh, I would shout to him I think so but I'm not 100% sure. Okay. okay. I, got, I, got a, I got a thing. That's it. Awesome. All right. Uh, wasn't Dandy holding his action? Uh, Dandy oh, yes. held his action to run alongside with you. When, he, when Bob moved towards it, he would have stuck along. Awesome. So that then brings us onto his turn, and he's just going to use his little sling to fling a rock at it uh, with a 20-something to hit for five points of bludgeoning damage. As the <laughs> sling bullet strikes into the creature, you watch a large chunk of the... Uh, Alsafat sort of jaw crack off and turn to crystal as it drops to the ground. This creature is beginning to look very uh, wary about its surroundings. Uh, that'll bring us on then to Arpeggio. Uh, she's going to drop her light crossbow and then uh, you said that Tiefling was looking bad? Uh, yes. Uh, he, she would engage the one attacking the Tiefling. Okay. Uh, using her battle standard. There is just the one. The one sort of uh, moved off the tiefling and is kind of being surrounded now by uh, all the forces. Uh, eight, does 18 hit? That certainly does. Alright. 8 plus 3. 11 points of damage. Alright, that is exactly what you need. So how do you finish this creature off? I'm just going to charge and just drive the spike of my standard through its neck. All right. And Driving then, oh, it through it, the neck. Yeah. Oh, pull it Go out ahead. and then shove it away from the tiefling. All right. As you dispatch of the foe, it falls to the ground and watch a sort of visual mockery of all these creatures that amalgamated into its form slowly fade revealing the entire true form of this strange creature. I can send you guys a picture if you want. That's fun. Yes, please. And I would try and collect some of that crystal and throw it in my bag of holding because I have a death wish. (laughs) Okay. 
I'm thinking Revenant here is gonna like grow in my bag. <laughs> <laughs> Going to plant it and hopefully grow a crystal amalgamation. <laughs> Hell yeah. I need a pet like in World of Warcraft, a little thing to follow me around and show off to my friend. <laughs> Trying to get this thing without giving away too much of a spoiler. Yeah, this will be fun because I honestly have no idea and I had to this the urge not to look up anything about it. <laughs> okay. Uploading now. It'll be in the Chaos Plan chat. Awesome. Oh, that is awesome. Oof. That is way more terrifying than what I picture. <laughs> you imagine just like a giant crystal just walking around. Like, yeah, I was kind of thinking like the shard mines or whatever that still look, you know, human, just with more, you know, less polygons, I guess. That yeah. is like terrifying. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Okay, so, yeah, uh, then I definitely take a chunk of what... Because it, when it goes back to its true form, it goes back to that. It loses all the features that it had, correct? Correct. Awesome. Then I just pick up a crystal, like, palm size or a little bit larger, maybe, and stuff it in my bag of holding for later examination. Sure, yeah, it's easy enough. You chip off one of its uh, sort of little shards that it has and manage to get about a pound, one pound piece of the crystal. Awesome. As okay. the battle ends, you see the two off to the side who join you come in, uh, both elven, one with black hair and the other with uh, blonde. Okay, they just sort uh, of give you a nod. Does the tea Everything all right here, or...? Uh, yeah, I would say uh, well, we're, we're going to try and spearhead our way through uh, to get to the actual meteorite itself and see what what's going on there. Could you guys provide us with some cover? Um, you know, if, if we look like we're going to get surrounded, maybe hit one a couple of times, then run away, get it to chase you, so we don't get completely the, surrounded. The dark-haired elf gives you a nod and says, absolutely, no problem at all. We've been trying to get close. Fantastic. Awesome. Um, is the, the tiefling... Our party fell. Okay, is the tiefling that got attacked, is he okay? Uh, he's grasping at his arm, beginning to try and patch him with a bandage, but okay, uh, he I doesn't would... look like he's in any critical yeah, danger. Can I make oh. a medicine check to just get him kind of stabilized um, with that arm? Just like a... Yeah, Stop the bleeding kind of thing? Yeah. Sure, go for it. That's going to be a 14. Oh, yeah. You uh, quickly uh, make a tourniquet and wrap it around the upper portion of the arm, stopping the blood flow down to it, and tell him, uh, you know, getting magical healing is probably the only way to stop a bleed like that in a medieval setting with uh, magics. Uh, the best course of action would probably be getting some healing if it, because um, it probably wouldn't heal on its own otherwise. I would turn my head around to the line of people because they're still kind of close-ish, and I would do that, you know, two fingers in the mouth, whistle really, really loud, um, and point to this guy, and then, you know, turn around and have us head on in uh, so they can grab him and drag him back or whatever they need to. All right. He just sort of, uh, the tiefling gives a nod and begins, like, moving over in that direction and thanks you for uh, your assistance, Elsevet. All right, then, uh, do we see, would it be safer for us to, or do, I guess we think, I could roll whatever you want for it, um, do we think it would be safer for us to continue on the road as far as we can, or is the only way there cutting through the foresty type area? Because I'm thinking I don't want to, run into what I think is a deer and it turns out to be one of these things <laughs> in disguise. 
on the road we'd have a little bit better field of vision. Yeah, the forest is fairly dense, so um, sort of sight lines would be fairly limited. Okay, can we get closer to the meteorite traveling along the road, or are we going to have to cut through the forest, you know, now or in a few paces uh, in order to line up with it? The meteorite was fairly close to the road. You would have sort of made your way along just the edge of the road previously in the day where you saw the crater itself. Awesome. Yeah, then I would uh, just tell everybody that if we stick to the road and keep our eyes out, we can hopefully not get surrounded. All right. Okay, um, I'm fine taking the lead if everybody wants. Um, I've got probably the fastest movement speed uh, anyway with 40, so I can jump back quick if I have to. Sounds all right. Awesome. Oh, plus I've got the lantern. So I'll stand up front so I'm not blinding anybody by shining it in them or in their eyes and uh, uh, walk forward, you know, trying to be as perceptive as I can um, All right. to not get ambushed. Roll a perception check for me while you're moving along. All right. Don't fail me now. Ha! That was a 12. A 12, was it? Yeah. Okay. Uh, you see up ahead walking from uh, one of the heavily sort of forested areas is a younger female halfling uh, who has a broken sword in her hand and just walks out and then back onto the road looking a bit uh, wide-eyed. Okay, if the sword's broken, I don't think that the things would copy a broken sword. So I would probably be tempted to just point her back towards the line of troops and tell her you know hurry that way we've got your back are there anything is there anything following you uh, she just sort of looks up towards you and says uh, i don't i don't think so i've been lost for the better part of 10 minutes party is i don't i don't know where they went okay uh, <laughs> maybe they'll be at the entrance point I'll, I'll, I'll head back yeah i don't have anything that i could use as a flare and i don't want to overcharge my lantern to create a bright light because we could possibly use that to blind them um, oh, no, I can't, because I used the overcharge to get away, um, I think. I don't remember if I did or not now. Um, uh, I believe you did, yes. So therefore, okay. the lantern wouldn't even be working. Do oh, you crap. have more than one uh, power charge? No, I don't. And I set it to charge while I was running, and I ended up riding all the way back. So then never mind, my lantern wouldn't be working at all, would it? No, not currently. All right, yep, then never mind. Um, I'll just... I, I have to have light to see, so I would... Uh, light a torch then um, because I have I think four left from making the lantern or before I had the lantern Um, so then I would I guess then I would uh, no the jungle is pretty dense so I I, probably if I threw a torch up in the air as high as I could the party wouldn't be able to see it would they? Uh, yeah probably not given how uh, heavily heavily sort of obscured the tree cover is Okay, then uh, I would just point her on the way and say we'll look for him while we're in there, but I can't guarantee anything. I just give a nod of the head and continue on. All right. Uh, do we want to continue on or do we want to cut into the forest here? The party might be in there, but we might end up running into more of them. We can stick to the road for a while longer, but we probably won't see the party that's lost. How far off is the meteorite? Probably got another like five minutes. I don't know. I, I think it might be worth it to try and go in quickly rather than rather than uh, heading through the trees. Um, yeah. 
I feel like the sooner we can get to the to the center of this, the sooner we can. I don't know. I agree. Stop yeah, that's true. We could always we could always search for him on our way back if we figure out what's going on. All okay. right. Yeah, then I'd lead the way um, again with the torch, um, uh, staying about ten feet ahead if I'm able to, and uh, charge towards that meteorite. Still trying to be as perceptive as I can, so not like running, but briskly walking. Okay. Give me another perception check. <laughs> I am not nearly as good with the torch as I am the light. That is an eight. An eight. Okay. Uh, you travel on for another three, three and a half minutes. Uh, you hear some battles sort of raging off in the from what you'd assume would uh, be fighters guild members taking on these strange creatures. You near closer and closer to the meteorite crash site and that strange bluish glowing light is beginning to become a lot more vibrant and noticeable for you. I dared say I dare say that the area you're currently in would almost count as dim light, Bob, so acquiring the torch may not even be uh, necessary for you. Okay, I'll probably hold on to it for right now simply so that we could use it maybe as a signal or chuck it at somebody's face since it's still currently burning. <laughs> so then um, how far away estimation wise would it be now from the edge of the crater uh probably only 250 feet or so okay uh despite the fact that well no we're not going to need to stealth because if i've got a light you know it's going to negate that and then the fact that there's so much fighting going on around us that'll cancel out the noise so i would just approach probably cautiously but i would still try and keep 10 feet ahead just in case because i've got that uh, overwhelmed ability with the Harlequin that I can use uh, that's a 10 foot radius effect. So I would probably just try to creep forward um, 10 feet ahead. Alright. So you see up ahead, sort of walking out of a bush the exact same halfling that you had previously seen with a broken sword, a sad look on her face, she's crying. Damn it. Um, I knew that was going to happen at some point. Uh... Frick, I would say, where's your party at? Said, my, my party died. Where at? She kind of points behind, uh, over the other side, uh, away from the glow a little bit, and towards the west. God damn it. Um, Said, they came out of nowhere. They disguised like one of our, one of our own. I was trying to make my way back, and I, uh, one of them was waiting for me, disguised as. What of my friends? Wait, I've got an idea. Um, I would say, okay, just a second. You understand why I'm cautious. Stand right there for just a minute. Uh, I would go the 10 feet back to the party and I would say, hey guys, remember when we hit that one and Alsafat's jaw chipped? There was nothing about blood. What if we tried to cut her palm or prick her finger or something and see if there's blood? That sound good to you guys? Like an idea? I don't know how I'll distinguish her from a fake. Yeah, no, that sounds... Yeah. Okay, I'll do the honors if you guys can back me up and ready just in case it tries to bite my face off. Or mask off. Face included. Whatever. <laughs> I'll be near Bob when he tries whatever he is trying. Okay, I would turn around then and um, I've got a pocket knife still in my pocket. Um, 
from some of the crap that I brought with me. So I would pull out my my little pocket knife and I would say, I'm really sorry, but I have to make sure that you're not going to just stab us in the back when we walk by you. These creatures are made of crystal, so they don't bleed. I'm just going to prick your finger real quick. And if you bleed, I'll know you're real. Does that sound okay? And I would say that from like, so there's still a five foot space between us when I first say that. She's crying and just sort of gives a little bit of a nod. Okay, I'm not going to hold my breath as I want to. I'm going to walk up and grab her hand and try and prick her hand. All right, you prick her hand and you watch a small and steady stream of blood pour out of it. Damn it. She lets out a little gasp. Damn it. Okay, um, I tear off a tiny piece of cloth from the um, my pack. I've got a set of modern clothes in there. I tie off a, a small piece of cloth, tie it around her finger and say, don't go back there. Stay right here. One of those got past us then. You hear. Damn it. Don't go back there. One of those got past us. And you notice that one of the elves is gone and in its place is Bob. Oh, shit. The... I- one of the the other elf, the blonde elf, looks at the now Bob and just sort of eyes wide open and takes a few steps back from it. Does it look exactly like me, or are there any subtle differences? It looks spitting image exactly like you. Damn it. Begins, like, walking up towards you and goes to try and grab the hand of the girl. Okay, yeah, no, 100%. I see that happening. Do you want us to roll initiative first, or are we going to get a sneak attack? Or a, um, I, actually, I actually want to intercede at, the, at that point. Okay. Like, uh, push her, shove her, shove, not Bob away. Mm. Shove the girl away? No, the mimic. Yep, okay. Make a strength athletics check. Okay, 25. Yep, it rolled a 2 with a plus 3, so. <laughs> uh, would you like to push it? Is it away 10 feet or Bob? 5 feet? 5 feet. 5 feet? Okay. As it gets pushed away, you push into it and it feels like fleshy human. It sort of just turns around and looks at you and raises its hand and is like kind of looking at you with a look of disbelief on it. I would pull out my paint and I would uh, like turn my back so that, because Seth would probably be in front of me now, but Dave and Danderbin would still be, or Alsafat and Danderbin would still be behind me, correct? Yes. Okay, then I would... With the elf guy or like are we on the other side? Uh, you're with the elf guy currently. So he's sort of getting his bow ready and holding it to one of the bobs. I'm going to turn around and I'm going to pull out the paint, pull the cap off, stick my finger in the paint and say, see, it's the real me. He doesn't know we have paint yet. And then I'm going to cork the paint and put it back in the bag without him seeing, without the other me roll seeing. initiative. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 12. Okay. That's a two for me. 14. That's 14. And then Danderbin with the 10. Okay, so this thing is going first with a scene. So it is going to run now directly at Bob. Damn it. As you were sort of turning around, getting your paint ready to... Yeah, and I even turned that back to it. Son of a bitch. It is going to try and grapple you. Get you to make a strength athletics or dexterity acrobatics check. Would I have disadvantage since I turned my back to it to pull out the paint? Um, I'd say no. Okay, awesome. Ooh, ooh, okay, uh, let's see. I am proficient in athletics, so that is a 14, uh, 16, excuse me, plus 4. 
Okay, this thing goes to try and grab onto you. You quickly manage to turn around and arm over your head and standing directly in front of you is yourself. Sort of arms at the ready, waiting to try and grab you again. I believe it can only make one grapple attempt, or is it one shove attempt around? I have no idea. I'm going to look these creatures up the second we get done, because these are awesome. Well, I guess when we get done with the whole thing, because I didn't want to spoil it until we've killed them all. Okay, can I, the grapple action, or grappling, can only replace one of the attacks with the attack action. So it then is just going to try and punch you in the face. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you hear friend or foe as it goes to strike you with its fist and it only is going to be an eight to hit. Oh, thank goodness. Yeah, that does not hit. Okay, it's just standing there looking directly at you. This this young girl who's behind you both is eyes wide open, just terrified. Uh, that'll bring us to our pet here. I am going to attempt to knock them prone. Okay. Strength athletics check or a saving throw? Uh, yeah, conste- contested athletics or, uh, or acrobatics for you, for it. Okay, that is going to be an eight. Uh, 18. Okay. So the bob is currently on the ground. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's my turn. Okay. It looks up to you with a look of confusion once more, still trying to play off. Oh, wait. Uh, how far is Thunderbin from us right now? Uh, probably like 10 feet away. Okay. No. Yeah. Then no matter. That's my turn. Okay. All right. Bob, it is your turn. The imposter Bob is on the ground in front. Okay. Um shoobity doobity doo I being this close to the meteorite thing I'm really worried that another one might pop out so I'm really hesitant to use my abilities so I think I will um wait a minute does standing up count as movement um uh, 15 feet or oh, oh, half your movement speed I think I yeah so. I'm thinking booming I'm thinking booming booming blade if the target willingly moves before then it immediately takes 1d8 thunder damage and the spell ends yep okay yeah then I would booming blade it so let me see if I hit with it um, I cry out as I stab my glaive down at it um, advantage don't move yeah, with advantage. awesome that is an 18 for the first or an 18 plus 4 and a 4 for the other so uh 18 hits. hits and deals to it. I get to reroll ones. Thank goodness for great weapon fighter. Uh, that is only though eight points of damage. Okay. And then if it moves, uh, the 1d8 damage, uh, thunder damage hits it. Awesome. You stab down into it, chipping away a bit of its cloak. As the cloak chips away, it turns back into crystal. But where it was left over, there is like a sort of indent of like a bloody wound now. Wait, an indent of a bloody wound, or like yeah, it's so actually where you've chipped away has you've kind of dislodged a bit of crystal, and as the crystal sort of flown away, there was crystal that immediately sort of like miraged into what appears to be like a bloodied wound. Oh shit! I wonder if that gal behind us. Oh god, now I have no idea what to think. My conceptions <laughs> were all wrong. Okay, uh, bonus action. I don't have anything without spending one of my few points, so that's going to be it for my turn. Okay, that'll bring us to the elf who, seeing the on the ground former ally of it that it thought was its ally, it's going to take a shot at it with its bow. 
which is a bad thing. Yeah, uh, natural. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Who's in the vicinity? I think we I are. am. Bob, the little halfling girl. And me. Okay, I'll roll a 1d6. Uh, 1 to 2 for Arpeggio. 3 to 4, Bob. And then 5, 6 for the little halfling girl. Oh, God. Uh, that's 3. So that is Bob, I believe. I'll take it willingly so she doesn't get hit. Either of the she's. <laughs> no. Uh, you take 10 points of piercing damage. Oh, mm. God. Okay. Well, maximum damage. That's... I was going to say fantastic, but it's not. (laughs) Horrible. (laughs) Okay. Uh, The elf just kind of opens their eyes wide, says, Sorry, so... uh, Sorry. (laughs) I I reply back with a very Midwestern, Oh! (laughs) You're supposed to be good at this. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Dandavin on his turn is going to rush over to and hold out a healing potion for... Oh, yeah, I would 100% take it on my turn. Can he Can he use an action to pour it down your throat if you're alive? I feel uh, like that'd be easier to do. Almost. Sure, you'd have to, like, jump in the air twice your height, but... Or not twice your height, but, <laughs> you know. I, I would... Yeah, I, I would say that that's okay. I'm usually fine with people pouring potions to other people if they want to. Okay, if you're willing to have the potion, I'll say that... He will oh, pour it down. One hundred percent. I will need it. Uh, only five points of healing. I have the flamel tattoo, so I get maximum effect from potions. Oh, perfect. Ha 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 ha! All right. So the basic one would be nine all up. Oh wait, no, ten. Ten points healing. Two d four plus two, right? Uh, yes. Thank goodness. So I'm back up to twenty six. Perfect. Okay, that'll bring us then on to Alsafat. All right, yeah. Um, he's still on the ground, yeah. Yes. All right. I'm gonna. I'm. I'm. I'm gonna hit him. <laughs> okay. Go for it. advantage. Uh, yeah. That's gonna be a twenty-four. Oh, oh yes. Okay. Definitely. Just find my dice. Ooh, yeah. That's gonna be nine points of um. That's bludgeoning damage. Wow. <laughs> Boom! The power of Baphomet compels you. <laughs> Bob's head sort of looks back up as it's just been stabbed, and as its head lifts off the slam it right back down into the ground where it came from. <laughs> I give Alsafat some side eye, like you hit that a lot harder than I'm comfortable. <laughs> All right, that'll bring us to the creature's turn, who is going to use 15 feet of movement and back and okay. take the damage. Bob, correct. Uh, that's a d10, uh, d8. Uh, seven points, almost max. Wow, nice. Okay, the creature stands back upright and looking around is going to... It will... It is just going to make two attacks against a roll. Uh, since the three of you are close by, one, two for Arpeggio, three, four for Bob, and five, six for... Oh, wait, Dandabin's here too. I roll a D8. Five, six for uh, Alsafat, and then seven, eight for Dandabin. That is a one. So Arpeggio, it is going to make two attacks against you. All right. <laughs> oh, not too good. Only a 12 and then a 13 ah. to hit. Uh, both misses. Okay. You put your battle standard out, the gnashing gemstone-like teeth uh, grasping around the outside of it, but it just retracts back. Uh, it, 
Was the shove you used a special action, or was that a... It replaces my action. Ah, yeah, just the shove shove attack. Um, Alright, it will end its turn. And that'll bring us then on to you, Arpeggio. I am going to grapple it. Attempt to grapple. Okay. 13, 13. 15. Okay, you grasp onto the creature. Uh, I can drag them away, right? I still have my movement. Ah, yes. I believe you can do it at half your speed. Yeah, I'm going to drag them 15 feet away from the group. Okay. uh, Especially away from the halfling. And that would be my turn. Okay. The strange entity is now grappled by Arpeggio and dragged away 15 feet. It is sort of like trying to break your grasp, but you're just ripping around the outside of it and it's... uh, gemstone-like form isn't quite strong enough to break a grasp just yet, but that will bring us on to Bob. Yeah, um, I'm really not gonna... I think I'd rather keep my distance and not, like, try to do Booming Blade again, because that's willingly move, or will... Yeah, the creature has to willingly move, so I will instead, um, step within ten feet so that I can still get to Arpeggio in a heartbeat if I need to. And he's still within my overwhelmed ability, uh, should it break free. But I'm going to cast Toll the Dead. So I slam my uh, glaive on the ground one more time. Uh, that bell rings out. Uh, that bell noise rings out, and I need a wisdom saving throw, DC 10. Okay. This is the only check that this thing's been able to successfully... <laughs> uh, oh, man. Again, with a 19 plus 1. <clears throat> Damn. I think probably because it's not technically living, you know, being a crystal thing, so, you know, that probably has something to do with it. The bell sounds, and you hear almost what would be like a wind chime dangling in a earthquake coming from this creature, but it just uh, doesn't seem to have the effect that you desire. Okay. Then, uh, yeah, that would be my turn. Yeah, because I still don't want to use my Discord or my Doomsayer ability yet. The the elf is going to dash over towards the halfling girl and pick her up and be making uh, their way to the road. Dandabin is going to fling a stone at it with his sling, and that will hit for seven points of damage. He will then use a bonus action to spread some ball bearings on the ground towards where the Halfling and the Alpha running, just in case this thing gives pursuit. Then go on to Alsafat's turn. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and no hitting him worked last time. <laughs> uh, actually, is there anyone that needs? <sighs> no, probably not worth it to do. I I have a, I have a buff thing that gives people extra AC, but it's probably not worth it to do it at this point. Um, I'm just gonna hit him again. Okay. Is it still with advantage? Uh, not currently. Okay, I'll re-roll that. Sorry. Okay, that's going to be a uh, 16 to hit. Okay, that hits. Alright, and then that's 7 points of bludgeoning damage. Awesome. Creature's starting to chip, and the edges of the crystal are starting to fray. Uh, you see some of its extremities beginning to turn back slowly to crystal, reforming into sort of misshapen limbs as if they'd been struck and uh, hit during battle. Anything else on your turn? Nope, that's going to be it. Okay. 
as it comes to this thing's turn being grappled by Arpeggio it's the face of what you are grappling as Bob Arpeggio changes and forms into this crystalline uh, appearance and you hear this gravelly shriek come out from its mouth as it points its head up towards the air it is then going to try and bite you twice Alright. Maybe one of these will hit a 8 and an 18. 18 just hits. Okay. Ah, for minimum damage. Uh, Four points of bludgeoning damage as the. or piercing damage, sorry, as the crystal teeth jab into your shoulder. You still manage to grasp it and keep it next to you. Alright. That is going to bring us on to you, Arpeggio. Okay, I'm gonna attempt to choke it out with <laughs> the battle standard. Okay. Uh, how does that work, by the way? Um, good question. I Would think it be you... a grapple? Just a strength check or something? Sure, yeah, I think, a... I think usually with choking out, uh, and you can look this up, Raiden, 100%, I think usually what it ends up being is the same strength type contest like a grapple, but the creature has um, a certain amount of time that it can hold its breath, and I think it has to last for that number of rounds. But I'm not 100%. I mean, I'm trying to crush its windpipe. Or oh! We'll say that it's... Oh, I see. Uh, roll a athletics check. Just do a regular grapple check and see what happens. 12. Okay. As you begin crushing down on this creature's windpipe, you notice Bob's form give way but as you are crushing further down you just hit solid matter you're not even sure if this thing breathes alright that's I guess that's my turn Okay, that'll bring us to you Bob alright Bob is going to despite the fact that he's had terrible luck with Toll the Dead so far um, Bob will Toll the Dead one more time despite having terrible luck with it so another wisdom saving throw it's gonna make it (laughs) damn it Oh my gosh, an 18 plus... Damn it! Uh, okay. Uh, then as a bonus action... No, I, I still want to hold on to it, and I don't want to damage um, Arpeggio in the process, so I'm going to hold on to Overwhelmed, but yeah, I can't ready an action, so that will be my turn. I'll stay within 10 feet and uh, just wait to see what happens. The elf continues down the road, rushing away and escorting her to safety. Dandabin is going to... Uh, run up to it and hit it once with its once with his club or attempt to anyway and he succeeds with a 21 to hit with five points of damage and then he's going to make two unarmed strikes as a bonus action geez natural 20 and a 15 so one of those deals nine points of damage and the other deals five points of damage so you watch as dandavin rushes up striking at its shins as you have it in lock arpeggio uh, the creature's shins begin chipping away and he manages a bit of its knee crystal that'll bring us now to Alsafat. yeah um i'm gonna um well hmm, who's looking out of the out of the people that out of our allies who's looking the worst i'd say either bob or arpeggio at this point but no one's taken much damage yeah not that serious damage Okay. Um, yeah, I'm gonna use my uh, channel divinity 
and I'll give you each um, 7 HP. Okay. So I can basically hold up my holy symbol, and I've got like a 15 HP pool. I can d- divide up among creatures within 30 feet. Um, awesome. Yeah, so I'm going to give them some, some health. Okay. Um, we get healed or temporary hit points? No, healed. Nice. Awesome. You feel the warming, warm, soothing uh, flow of healing magic come over you as Elsafat presents his holy symbol. And then that'll be my turn. Okay. At the end of your turn, Arpeggio, you being probably the closest now to the meteorite's crater, you hear mm-hmm. a light chittering noise. And you see coming up and cresting over the top of the crater, there is this almost spider crab-like crystalline creature just sort of moving and chittering in your direction, coming to the call of the strange creature you're currently grappling. Okay. You're probably a good, like, 60, 70 feet away from it right now, but it is going to dash forward and just kind of leap like one of those... uh, head crabs from Half-Life 2. Ooh, not good. And it is now uh, 25 feet away from you. And that'll end its turn. It is now the creature's turn who is going to try and break free from as an action. <sighs> I can't roll these checks at all. Uh, rolled an 8. Uh, funny thing, I also rolled an 8. Uh, it's a tie. Nothing changes. So whatever the current status is. If they're currently grappled, then they remain currently grappled. If they were, if they broke out and you try and regrapple, it doesn't work. Okay. All right. Well, that creature is stuck. That'll bring us on to Arpeggio. Uh, seeing this, that the spider creature is behind Arpeggio, she's gonna attempt to like do a takedown on the creature that she's currently grappled. Uh, okay. uh, over to her back. And it's going to be an 18. No, that's a 15. Okay, so you go to try and do a takedown. It manages to play its legs out enough to avoid being dropped to the ground. But you are still <laughs> in a stalemate standing up in clinched position. Anything else you'd like to do on your turn? I have to. Yeah, I have to let I have to let it go. Hope every, the rest can finish him off. And I'm going to okay. use bonus action to use... Ambit of Fortitude. Okay. Which is, as long as you stay within 10 feet of me, attack damage rolls are negative 2 against you. Awesome. Alright. Is that a magical effect? Uh, it's a commander effect. Okay. Alright, that will bring us on to Bob. Okay, despite the fact that you asked about if it's a magical effect, I'm not going to meta that, or meta that. So I am going to, because we have a new enemy possibly approaching, uh, how, how bad off does this creature look? Is it, you know, falling apart like uh, the other one did, or is it still halfway intact? It's, it's falling apart a fair amount. Okay, um, if it's falling apart that bad, I'm going to save the Discord point, but I am going to uh, step up so that I'm 10 feet away from it and... Uh, jab it with my glaive at max range uh, with booming blade one more time. Okay. Uh, so that is a 18 to hit once again. Oh, plus a blast, but blast doesn't matter. Um, so 18 to hit. Um, 
and it deals six plus four, so ten points of damage. Okay. Damn. How would you like to destroy oh, not the... Pl- sorry, not ten, eight. Sorry. Six, pl- uh, six plus two. Uh, that is still just exactly what you need. Okay, good. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, then um, right where uh, Arpeggio was trying to choke it out, you know, that being a little bit crushed... Uh, I just sweep my glaive side to side and just try and decapitate the thing as best I may. Okay, yeah, the crystalline head, well, Bob's head comes off first. <laughs> uh, small droplets of blood sort of rain out that immediately turn into small crystals, flicker through the air, and the head falls to the ground with the body collapsing down to its knees and then onto its chest. Watching this and being kind of traumatized by it, I would say, huh, look guys, I lost my head. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, anything else for your turn? Oh yes, I look back at I know I'm probably wasting a bit of an action economy, but I'm looking back at the Hackling Girl, because the uh, doppelganger mimic me bled. Uh, even though it was an illusion of bleeding, it still bled. Is she making any kind of moves, or is she still cowering? The elf man went over and grabbed her, and they're both taking down the, the safety point. Okay, uh, nothing I can do there then. Uh, then I'll just advance forward, um, knowing that Arpeggio will be following me probably uh, on her turn. I would advance forward uh, 20, 30 feet in the direction of the crab creature thing. Okay, you would. It's only 20, uh, 25 feet away now, so. Okay, then I would go 15 so that it's still 10 foot um, between me and it. Okay, awesome. That'll bring us on to Dandabin, who's going to flick a stone at the creature. Uh, and misses. So the stone hits the top of its sort of crystalline carapace and flicks off to the side. Uh, this strange crab-like creature, it's... Imagine like a obsidian gnat into like a spear point that's almost what its legs or the tips of its legs looks like so it's just sort of like <clears throat> yeah rushing forward uh, that'll bring us on, on to Alsafat okay um so where are we in relation to the um the crater thing right now because I know so the, facing I... towards the crab the crab came out of it and you're probably how far away did I say Seth probably like 80 90 feet away from the crater currently mm-hmm Okay, um, and how far away is the crab? Uh, 25 feet. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and take a whole uh, five feet of movement. Yep. And I'm going to pull this this uh, glowing um, blue dagger out of out of one of my back pockets, and I'm going to toss it at the, at the crab. Okay. So that's going to be a, let me see, it's plus one, so 17 to hit. That hits. All right, so it's going to do ooh, uh, six points of damage, and okay. um, if it's from another plane, it has to make a charisma save. Okay. Uh, Bob, would you classify outer space as another plane? Oh, shit. No, if it's within Arcadia uh, outer space, then no, it would still be same plane as exi- plane of existence. I know the Far Realm is almost spoke about as if it's kind of like an outer space type area, but I think you have to actually plane shift to get there. These creatures would have just come here from another... Well, we don't know that yet. Aliens. 
Okay, but I did seven damage, so it's fine. Awesome. Alright, that'll be it then. Okay. Actually I'm gonna I'm gonna use the rest of my movement to get um, up close to it before I end my turn, but that'll be it. Alright, awesome. Uh, it's little pincers sort of direct towards you, and as you end your turn it's its turn, it is going to attempt to bite you. So its pincers open up and it leaps towards you with a natural one to hit. So uh, <laughs> you just managed to duck out of the way or sidestep out of the way as this thing leaps and it uh, lands down on the ground and turns around to face you, but it does not bite you or uh, grab onto you with those pincing awesome. mandible things. Okay. Oh, <laughs> uh, Peggio, your turn. Uh, it's within 10 feet of me right now? Uh, I believe it's still 25 feet away from you. Uh, I moved up 15 feet so that it would be uh, 10 feet away from my glaive because, yeah, so 15 feet and you can be next to me and right there with him. I'm going to step close to uh, Bob and I'm going to attack with my battle standards. Okay. Uh, 20 total. Alright, that hits. Uh, Okay. Ooh, max damage, but non-magical, if that matters. So mm-hmm. wait, that's 13. Okay, is this uh, piercing damage? Yeah, piercing damage. Okay, 13 points of damage, very nice. Alright, you strike the strange crab, one of its rear legs completely chips off and falls to the ground, still twitching as it's on the ground, even though there's nothing inside of it but just crystal. Nice. It kind of like hobbles back and is looking up towards uh, you and Al. Uh, in an aggressive manner still. Okay, uh, so a bonus action, I'm going to be using a command, which is... Uh, Icon of Might. Okay. Oh, this is the first time it happened. It's a mishap. I rolled an 8. <laughs> oh, no. And nothing happens. Oh, no. You go to say a motivating speech or something along those lines. Just... Biff it. <laughs> is your ambit of authority still up, or did that drop? No, it's still up. Awesome. Okay, that'll bring us on to Bob then. Okay, then Bob is going to stand right where he damn well is. And uh, once... You know what? No, I'm going to go ahead and spend a Discord point now so we can kill this quick before it moves on. So I am going to use a Discord point to uh, chain together... Death in Chorus and Booming Blade. So I'm going to go ahead and as I scream out at the top of my lungs, um, your time has come. Um, And I sweep down at it. I need two individual wisdom saving throws. Alright. Oh no, wait, excuse me. Death, uh, I wasn't doing Toll the Dead. I just need the one saving throw. Okay, uh, that was only a seven. Hot damn, okay. So it uh, if it chooses to cover its ears, uh, it only takes a D8 instead of a D12. Would it try to cover its whatever passes uh, for ears? I'd say no. Okay, so then it takes uh, six points of uh, psychic damage, and it also takes... Oh, I rolled a 17 to hit, I guess, first off. did seven? Would 17 hit the AC? Oh, you rolled an attack roll? Yes, an attack roll for Booming Blade to hit, and then it chains together with Death and, death and Chorus. So it's like two mm. cantrips at one time. 
So this creature has an ability called Reflective, and anytime it is targeted by a magic missile spell, a line spell, or a spell that requires an attack roll, I have to roll a d6, and on a 1 to 5, it's unaffected, on a 6, it reflects back towards me. Would it uh, count, though, because that's a, it, it's a melee attack? Uh, yeah, that... you're right. Oh, ranged attack roll. No, yeah, you're right. You do. Okay. Uh, you damage it. Thank goodness. Okay, so then it took that psychic damage, and then it takes... Uh, oh, good. Reroll ones and twos. That was a two. And that's a three. So uh, it takes five points of slashing damage, magical, and then if it moves from that spot, uh, it takes 1d8 of thunder damage. Awesome. So as you strike down upon the creature, it begins chipping away as the thunder damage begins, the thunder energy begins uh, wrapping around it, and it falls, un- well, dead upon the ground. Oh, thank goodness. Okay. Uh, anything else coming up that I can see, or...? Looking around, you don't see anything currently except the sort of light blue flickering that's coming from the meteorite and passing onto the trees. Okay, yay, Deathwish. Um, I still have all my movement, so I'm going to run forward 40 feet or wherever the lip of the crater is, whichever's closer, and see what I can see. All right, so in the crater left by the meteorite, you can see that uh, partway destroyed blue crystal space rock sitting partway buried under the dirt, probably uh, down 30 feet into the ground. The impact appears to have been so volatile and heated that some of the meteorite itself has broken off and is burning with a blue flame. So shattered uh, patches of this flaming blue meteorite debris can be seen all around the crash site itself, and the flames are so close in proximity to the bulk of the rest of the meteorite that light is refracting through it and sending funky waves of patterns into the dirt and onto the trees nearby. Trippy. I think we can break from initiative there. Awesome. As there doesn't appear to be anything else ready to attack you. Okay, our Pedro plans her battle standard at the edge of the crater and takes out her light crossbow and uh, keeps guard. Okay. Uh, what is your passive perception up at you? Uh, 15. Okay, so you notice a dark spot on the outside of the meteorite. Fairly superficial looking and it's on the side closest to you. So there's almost something attached to it or buried within it. I point this out to whoever's investigating, so I guess that's Bob. Maybe okay. Danderbin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow, point out that's really cool. Yeah, point out an oddity and Danderbin will go check it out. <laughs> yeah. uh, what's Altifat doing? Uh, yeah, I'm just going to stand back and watch while everyone else co- goes and uh, um, investigates. I'm going to stand on like kind of the outer edge of the crater, I guess, just kind of keep an look out. All right. You hear the battles raging on various directions. The sun's completely set now, so uh, the blue light is pretty much the only thing lighting the area around you, and you uh, hear the occasional sort of clink of sword on uh, crystal and uh, all sorts of shouts and uh, just general sounds of combat around you. Damn, I wouldn't hesitate then. If people are still fighting around us, I would probably stupidly charge down there and make uh, Arcana, do you think, uh, to figure out how to shatter this? Because I'm hoping that destroying it will destroy the creatures. 
Are you? Oh, there's no one fighting within the meteorite uh, crater itself. If that's what. Uh, no, I just mean if we can hear the sounds of people fighting, I don't want anybody else to die. So I would run down there and uh, stupidly, like I said, and attempt to figure out if we can break this large chunk of meteorite. Because like I said, I'm really hoping that it's tied to them because it looks like the same kind of material, correct? Ah, uh, yes. Okay, yeah, then I would hope that that would be kind of the controlling something or other uh, and breaking it or deactivating it or whatever uh, might shut it down. All right, as you run down the slope towards and into the crater, so towards the meteorite, uh, you see that dark spot that Arpeggio had pointed out to you. It almost looks like something is partly exposed. Okay, uh... Perception or investigation? Uh, if you're if you're stopping, then I'd give you uh, a perception check, but you'd be able to just look at it pretty well easily if you want to rush right up onto the meteorite. Yeah, like I said, I've got a death wish, so I'll do it. Sure. So what you see almost appears to be a thick alchemical jar. The structure is uh-huh. far different to that of medi- of the meteorite itself. It has curves and rounded. You can vaguely see from what is exposed that on the interior of the jar is this viscous yellowish fluid and floating within the fluid appears to be a humanoid brain. Oh, screw that. Uh, I would get Arpeggio down here with a wave if I'm able to and I hopefully between the two of us we can break the glass. Um, I would also try to shout up to Alsafat to keep a lookout. We're going to do something stupid. Right. Destroying the glass jar. I mean, uh, yeah, I think so. With our, I, I was, my thought is, is since we have uh, pole arms, we can stand ten feet away. So if it like explodes or has acid or something in it, we won't be right there at it when it explodes. Okay. You do notice a number of sort of um, cogs and dials and a faceplate on the bottom of the jars. Ooh. Uh, I would then ask if there, if there's something other of note than just the brain in a jar. Uh, I would ask Alsafat or Alsafat. Uh, I would ask Arpeggio and uh, would Danderbin have followed us? Uh, he's probably chilling out with Alsafat. Then I would uh, ask Arpeggio if he thinks we should, or if she thinks we should uh, check the cogs and the panels and stuff, or uh, if she thinks we should maybe just try to break the brain jar and go from there well I don't know much about mechanical stuff if you think you can if you can divine what it is go ahead oh I got your back okay Uh, what kind of check would I need to make to um, kind of identify how it's working and what it's doing Uh, you could make a tinker's tools check if you don't have that just intelligence yeah, I got Tinkers. Um, Maybe Arcana if you have that? I don't. Um, I've got Tinkers Tools, which is a plus two, but I have a plus zero to all my other intelligence stuff. Okay. Um, uh, for this check, I'm going to use uh, Acumen, which adds my charisma bonus oh, to yes. your check. Awesome. Perfect. So what's the bonus Which is then? plus three. Plus three. Plus three. Awesome. Oh, wow. So then total of plus five, I rolled a 12, so then that's a 17. Okay. That is above what you needed to understand this. So looking at it, you see the dials and instructions. It almost looks like it has 
sort of on you you being very used to operating machinery it looks mechanical and there's buttons and things that give you the hint that maybe you could turn this thing on perhaps increase increase something there's a sort of a switch oh sorry a lever that looks like it has a raising kind of a inscription okay um I would once again warn Alsafat we might do something stupid here. Uh, and then I would tell Arpeggio, uh, hey, keep an eye on that brain jar. I'm going to flip this lever. If it starts doing anything dangerous or you hear the uh, f- uh, you hear the fighting get worse and our side starts losing more, more human cries, that kind of a thing, smash the brain jar. I'm going to try and press this button and see what happens. Got your bus. Okay, then I do the thing. It was a lever, button, or... There is a button that looks like some kind of on switch and then a lever to... Okay, um, I push the button first. Okay, pressing the button, you immediately hear... Hello? Hello, can you hear me? Uh, yeah, I can hear you. Oh, it's been a long, long time without communication. Uh, who who are you? How? What's going on here? There's these... M- crystal things that are attacking people. How do I shut them off? Uh, uh, sorry. You'll have to give me some time. It's been hundreds of years. I, I get it, but people are dying. Uh, I don't have a ton of time. Quick, before we smash the brain jar. Uh, don't smash. I, there shouldn't be too many of them. They came here. I told them how to get here. Only because I needed to return home. Um... Okay, insight check on his sincerity that he doesn't, you know, he's not involved with them. Okay. Uh, damn it, that's only a 12 with my plus 2 to, yeah, I'm proficient in it, so plus 2. You, it's hard to sort of gauge the sincerity of a brain in a jar talk speaker of sorts, but you think immediately from what you're hearing it sounds like there's no tone to it that would be giving you a sign of deceit. Damn. Um, I look over at Arpeggio to see what she thinks. Um, I kind of shrug because I'm assuming there isn't a camera. It's just a speaker, correct? Yes. Okay, then I, I kind of look over at Arpeggio and and kind of shrug at her. <laughs> Please, for uh, the love of God, tell me we're in Arcadia. Uh, do I know where Arcadia is? Yeah, we're the- Arcadia. Yeah, Arcadia is the world that we're in. You are in Arcadia? Uh, my name is Andari Wells. I'm, well, I was a scientist and biometric researcher working out of the tangle under the Biomancer, uh, L, L, can't quite remember his name, sorry, I must have a few screws loose. I, I was working for a Biomancer somewhere in the tangle, and next thing I knew I was being thrust across time and space teleportation. My eyes get huge because I know exactly who that is, being somebody that has appeared in many, many, many of my games. Um, I would say working for, helping, or a, a victim of. Well, I mean, when some, something is going wrong with that research, there's, it's not humane. The way he operates, I, I can't quite picture him, but I, I know he's in the tangle. He needs to be stopped. Okay, the second he says that, I say, okay, he's on our side. Let's go and help clear out what's left of these things. Leave the brain in the jar alone until we we finish off what's left, and I'll explain everything when we get done. Wait, 
Uh, okay, uh, out of character. So he's saying that no, nothing else is gonna come out of the meteor, but there are still some left, right? You can certainly ask that to him. Oh yeah, then uh, yeah, Arpeggio, uh, would you ask that? Oh yeah, I would ask that. There shouldn't be any more within the meteorite. They sort of merge their bodies with it to travel here. What is out should be the only things that are out currently. Do you have an exact number? There were 12. Okay, good. And we've dispatched two so far. Wait, was that crab thing the same? Oh, three, yeah. Uh, But was that crab thing the same color, or didn't you say it was all black? Uh, It it was a similar color, but it wasn't the same creature as these things. Okay, but it's probably included in that number. Awesome, then. Um, yeah, I, I probably at that point would have stood up and said uh, to the whole group, but shouting loud enough so that Danderbin and Alsfak can hear, I'll explain everything after we finish off the crystal creatures that are left, but I want to get these things dead. All right, Arpeggio heads for, heads for the sound of fighting, which apparently there are dogs in there as well. That's <laughs> still going. Oh, okay. I will say, over the span of the next. Oh, I'm not... wow. <laughs> it's all good. I have toddlers. I get it. My two still aren't asleep yet. They're still fussing and fuming, not going to bed. What kind of dog do you have, Brayden? Uh, currently in here, we have two sausage dogs, a Pomeranian, <laughs> and a Jack Russell. Uh, small dogs. Uh, <laughs> yeah, small ones. dogs. Barking at the big things outside that, you know, they must protect us from. <laughs> Alright, we'll say over the span of the next hour into evening, you manage to go around and assist in dispatching another eight of the creatures. Without much uh, without much issue, they um, were fairly already uh, on the way to being destroyed. The reinforcements of the Fighters Guild coming in uh, fairly heavily now and dispatching a lot of these foes. Uh, but I suppose after that we head back towards the brain. So if we're sit- staying there for a while, uh, Arpeggio would like to examine the meteorite. Okay. Give me an investigation check. What exactly are you looking for? I'm seeing if it's a material that can be used for a weapon or smithing. Ooh, okay. Uh, what do you say? Investigation? Uh, yeah, give me a... For smithing particularly, did you say? Yeah, for smithing purposes. Uh, give me an investigation or nature. Which one is better? Yeah, investigation is better. Mm, 16 plus 2, 18. Okay. Uh, looking at the grain structure, although it's... Compared to other crystals, when you crack it, it... it doesn't hold as sharp an edge as like uh, obsidian or something like that where you know obsidian can get potentially more uh, or sharper than steel itself but the crystal that does break is fairly strong so you believe you could create an edge wouldn't be as effective as say like a steel block, but a bludgeoning implement of some kind would probably be more uh, applicable with this sort of material Mm-hmm. I try to attempt to take out a sizable chunk. <laughs> okay. Uh, make an attack roll. Or a strength oh, strength check. And the standard snaps in half. <laughs> <laughs> 15. 
15 okay yeah uh you managed to get off like a two and a half pound piece of uh crystal all right uh thorin might be interested in this yeah for sure um i offer to well how big is it uh it would it be big enough to fit in the bag of holding oh i guess two and a half pounds isn't that much yeah. Never mind. no not that much okay then um i would probably i would tell everybody if they want to head back into town they're welcome to i'm gonna sit here until um somebody from the tinkers guild gets here to make sure that brainiac here doesn't try to do anything <laughs> um do you have him muted or, or turned off no i would 100 percent still be saying that to his face or brain okay. um <laughs> so, yeah saying that directly to their brain yeah uh, I, I have don't have much of a filter, so I would 100% just say that um, I'm going to make sure that nothing happens to Brainiac here. He doesn't try anything until somebody from the Tinker's Guild gets here, and uh, then go from from there. All right. Uh, our Bejewits would stay with Bob, uh, keeping guard. What are your names? Uh, Bob. Hi. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Arpeggio Ferry. Nice to meet you. Andari Wells. Uh, hi, Andari. Um, it's uh, nice to meet you. Um, so you promise you don't have any connections with uh, our... Uh, a four, well, I guess I'm, I'm not shy about saying his name. So uh, you don't have any current connections with Elisand? You promise? Elisand. That's the name. I did used to work for him when I thought his work was more on the up and up. Things started getting a bit sketchy, and before you know, I was on an odd crystalline planet in the great unknown. And I'm assuming he's the one that put you in the brain jar? Oh, my memory is a bit shaky on that part. I think the transition from brain to, well, body to brain jar was a tough one. And he hasn't shut you down yet? Mm, Not currently. Okay, well then that's a good sign. What do you mean, shut down. Uh, hey, sorry to break this to you. Uh, if he puts you in there, he can shut you down. Like, you, stop it working. I, I can be a great help to you, but you just sent people to tell other people of my presence, correct? Uh, no, I would probably wait until the fighters got close, and then I would send whichever fighter looks like they're the fastest to go straight to the Tinker's Guild and um, fetch somebody from the Tinker's Guild to get Brainiac here back to the Tinkers. Alright, say that. Right. Yep, bye Dave. Thanks for playing. Bye, Dave. Thanks for playing. So, so he yeah, says, then... um, I can be a great help to you. I want him stopped as well. Okay, yeah. Um, I would then uh, well, Alsvat's gone to help the wounded since he had to leave early, so he's doing that. I would explain um, the basics of what I know, because I didn't actually flesh out Elisand in this world 100%. He's just a very frequent archetype that I use in most of my games, so I would just go over the basic details that he Elisand is a super powerful uh, like half-god or um, immortal in, in some way uh, biomancer, so he's the kind of uh, mage that likes to mess with like living stuff and combined living stuff with magic items or with technology depending on on the setting 
and there's going to be lots of terms in there that aren't going to make any sense. But I would explain that, and um, a lot of that, that makes perfect sense to me, as I was a biomancer underneath El Sam. Okay, yeah. So then I just basically explain that to Arpeggio, uh, and say I don't know in his current iteration exactly how powerful he is or what he can do. Just that. Those are the typical archetypal things that I know that he can do. I hear that a rogue once got close to killing him. Yeah, I'm, I'm 100% sure at some point that probably has happened, but I wouldn't be able to, to guess as to anybody who could currently do that or be of assistance to us. If he can be hurt, he can be stopped. I sure hope so. Me too. So then, yeah, I guess I would just kind of build a campfire or something and wait for Tinker's Guild to get here. Um, okay. And then we'll help with any wounded that are around. It would take about two hours for someone to be, well, someone to get back, tell the Tinker's Guild, and then them send someone in a post-haste fashion. Uh, someone, a gnome, the, <laughs> the gnome arrives with the baldinator. Oh, God damn it. I pull like, my hood up where? all the way. Where are they? Uh, as I'm pulling my hood up and making sure it's well over my head, uh, I nudge uh, Arpeggio and said, you're going to want to cover your hair with anything possible. Um, and then <laughs> I shout, over here, over here. I, oh. Yeah, I just put on my helmet. <laughs> uh, I got told that it was an emergency, so I brought the baldinator just in case. Uh, th- thanks. Um, there may be some patients with head wounds that need their head shaved to uh, receive stitches or something, but uh, no, we need a wagon or something along these lines uh, so that we can get this meteorite. Cause how big is this meteorite? I guess I didn't ask that. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's a good few ton. Okay, it is uh, fairly, fairly, fairly large. Okay, I would then uh, just re- relay back that we need something that can carry this back to the Tinker's Guild. Hmm. Sounds like a, uh, a task for me. I can make something to bring it back, maybe. Uh, kind of looks, looks at his baldinator and is like, or I can go and get some uh, horses or something. Yeah, that's that's probably a better idea. Uh, th- thank you for offering, though. Um, I don't need a haircut. Uh, the hood never comes off. Did you uh, make that weird thing there? Pointing at the brain gel. Uh, no, but somebody else did, and we need to get it in protection of some variety as quickly as possible before the one who did create it shuts it off. Oh. Uh, yeah, okay, uh, well, if it's such a secret, you can put my cloak over top of it or something. Sure. I think that is for the best. Yeah, probably a good idea. So, uh... Yeah, between the cloak, I don't have anything other than my robes and a set of um, uh, set of modern clothes, so I wouldn't have anything extra to drape over the top of it. But at this point, there's enough people that have probably seen it that you know we'd just be basically hiding the brain, not the meteor itself. Yeah. Yeah. So then I just stay with Arpeggio. If Arpeggio's okay waiting for you know big bully boys to come lift this onto a wagon or something. <laughs> What time of the day is it right now? Uh, it'd be close to around 11 p.m. at night. And when was when we were were we supposed to meet in the 
Hamiches sandwiches. Oh, that would have been a while ago, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that would have been at noon or something like that. Basically, when I came and met you guys, we inter- uh, that would have been when you guys were supposed to meet. I kind of intercepted you on your way. All right. I'll, I'll treat you to Hamiches sandwiches for you having to visit. <laughs> I, uh, I would rather not. <laughs> oh, that's great. From what Klein described, from what he's been eating there, mm-mm, mm-mm. <laughs> we, we may have to have Elzafet accompany us there to revive him if necessary. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> okay, yeah, then just I'll wait for wagons to get there at whatever time it ends up being ready at All this right. point. So. We'll say that after another few hours of waiting, dra- helping drag that meat right out of the uh, they managed to get it up onto a very, very uh, reinforced wagon and begin taking it back with your assistance towards Port City. We'll say that it is probably approaching around 2.30 a.m. now as you are heading back to Port City, and I think that is a good time to wrap it up until we get another session in. I agree 100%. Yeah, I would I would tell Arpeggio, you know, thank you very, very much for all the help. Uh, I would definitely, if you're able to, try to warn people about Elisan because he seems like he's a nice guy, but you can see what he does when things hit the fan. I'll take your word for it. All right, then I'd wave goodbye to Arpeggio and uh, head to the Tinker's Guild and pass out immediately upon getting in my clinkly, shaky bed apartment studio thing. Oh, head back to the finder's guild. Also here is on on your way back, you'd hear Andari Wells begin uh, speaking and say, I must warn you as well that there is potential that more of those things are going to be coming. Thank you for notifying us. I'll include that in the report. I was going to say, he gives a nod, but he's a brain in a jar. (laughs) He doesn't. (laughs) The brain squishes oddly. <laughs> <laughs> it oscillates in the viscous liquid. <laughs> All right, I think we'll call it there, guys, as we are the 28th of planting now, I believe. Yes, mm-hmm. I believe so. Okay. Awesome. awesome. Thank you guys very, very much. This was a ton of fun. I'm Thank glad you. we did it. Indeed. Yeah, I I was honestly expecting somebody to go down because I did. I tried to take one of those on by myself, and it did not happen. <laughs> All yeah, right, the, the battle ended up much easier than what I thought. I was like, yeah. I think uh, their creatures us- usually sort of um, meant to be encountered after it's been like out in the wilderness and not necessarily had a like person to person contact. So no, they have like a lot of weird sort of beast abilities like flight and ram horns and things like that. Yeah, well, with Arpeggio, like, pinning that one to the ground and, like, immobilizing with that grapple for three rounds, I think it was, that really made a difference. Yeah, that was huge. Awesome. Well, thank you guys very, very much. I'll go ahead and talk to you guys later. Thanks, Bob. See you, Seth. Thank you. See you, guys. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Chaos Plan. If you would like to join the game and support the podcast, visit our Patreon account at patreon.com slash adventuringguild, and there you can pledge to either become a sponsor or a player, or both if you like. So thank you all very, very much for listening, and we hope you join us again next week.